Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. We've been speaking a series of messages called Yes and Amen. Everyone say that with me. Yes and Amen. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says this, for all the promises, or let, let me... Uh, I know it by memory. Let me read it based on what we have it. For no matter how many promises God has made, the scriptures, there's over 35,000 scriptures in the Bible. Every one of those can be referred to as a promise of God. The word of God says for no matter how many promises, we know actual promises, over 2,000 promises in the word of God. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ and through him, amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Everyone says, amen. You may be seated this morning. As you're seated, I want you also to turn your Bibles to the book of Mark. As you turn your Bibles to the book of Mark, we're going to share a story this morning from the word of God that is found in Mark chapter 5. And one of the most powerful uh, examples of an individual that would not allow a religion to keep her from touching God. I want you to understand something this morning is that many times we allow man-made rules to keep us from receiving our breakthrough and keeping us from, from reaching God. We allow people around us to keep us from getting in the crowd or reaching God. And in Mark chapter 5, Jesus has just gotten done going through a major storm, delivering a man that, had, that, that was demon-possessed. Jesus gets kicked out of this region that he was in. They beg him to leave there after bringing deliverance. And when he gets back to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, there's a crowd of people waiting for him. How many of you have ever been interrupted before? How many enjoy interruptions? Now, if you're talking or, or how many have ever gotten those calls, uh, the, the uh, telemarketers that call you, you're about to sit down for dinner and then you get that phone call or you're about to do, you're, you're going shopping and you get someone interrupting you. I want you to understand this. Pretty much 99% of the miracles Jesus performed took place because of an interruption. Jesus, it was very rare that Jesus planned a miracle. Most of them happened because of someone's demand that was placed on Jesus' life. Say it again, Pastor. Listen, if you're not going to encourage me, I'll encourage myself, all right? I want you to understand that there are times in your life where you have a need and yet you sit back and you're waiting for God to meet the need instead of instigating and interrupting heaven and saying, God, I need a breakthrough. We There are there, there has to be a desperation. And I don't know where what happened, but over the years, we've lost a desperation for God. Worship goes on and we're, we're, we're on our phones. Uh, we walk into church and we got other things on our mind. And there's, we've lost this desperation for God. The only time that we seek God is when our body is sick, when our marriage is falling apart, when our kids are going through crisis, or that we need an intervention. But even then, we show up and we become spectators waiting for God to touch us rather than us touching God. Oh, somebody better hear me this morning. So in Mark chapter 5, Jesus gets to the other side of the lake. And when he gets there, it says this. So Jesus went with him. There's a man by the name of Jairus. He is a 
synagogue leader, and he interrupts Jesus. He wasn't planning on going there. This man has a daughter that's 12 years old that's dying. And he, he interrupts Jesus' uh, his, his day when he gets to the other side of the shore, and he begs him to come with them. So as Jesus is going with them, check this out. And Jesus went with them. A large crowd followed him and pressed around him. Now, what kind of crowd are we talking about? What kind of crowd? A large crowd. And it says this, and a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, and she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, and instead of getting better, she got worse. How many of you have ever found yourself in a situation that you're using all the resources that you have? You're going to doctors, you're going to counselors, and instead of the marriage getting better, it's getting worse. Instead of your body getting better, it's getting worse. Instead of getting out of debt, it seems like you're going farther in debt. And the people that were supposed to help her, now she finds herself in worse condition. She's desperate. You know what? She had to exhaust Everything that she relied on. How many times do we go through life that we use all our, God, I don't need you, I got this. It's not until we exhaust all our resources that we then call upon God. And this is exactly what's taking place. This lady comes in. Now, I love what verse 27 says. When she heard about Jesus. I said, when she heard about Jesus, follow me on this, all right? There's a huge crowd of people that are gathered around. And in every crowd, I find four different kinds of people that are in every crowd. And I want to know which one you are, okay? Which one are you this morning? In every crowd, you have the looky-loos, you have the groupies, you have the needy, and then you have the promise seekers. Now, the looky-loos are those individuals that just are, they, they just want to see what's going on. They're information grabbers. They just want to be part of an event. They don't even know what's going on, but they want to Instagram it. They want to, they, want to, they, they want to put it on Twitter. They want to let everyone know that they're there. Facebook, hey, here at Starbucks with Jesus, whatever the case may be. They just want to be part of an event. You're, you're not even interested in what's taking place. You just want to see what's going on. If there's a crowd there, you want to be there. You want to be seen in the crowd. And they're, they're, Jesus is there, but they're more concerned about seeing who else is in the crowd than they're there for Jesus. They want to see who showed up. They're, you didn't come to church for Jesus. You came to see who's at church or what's going on, what's really taking place there. And so the looky-loos just come just to see what's going on. And their, their focus is details. They just want to see what's going on. The groupies, they're event chasers. They're the individuals that, hey, there's a conference going on here. There's something going on there. There's a concert. There's a move of God. They love crowds. They love to be part of an event. They want to be seen in the event. They want to be able to say, hey, man, I saw Jesus. Now, did you touch him? No, I just saw him. You just, you know, I went and I saw God do something. And you want to be able to tell stories that you were there at that event. You want to talk about the event. Their focus is, in, uh, their focus is on being seen. Now, uh, the needy in the group, now, th there's people, there has to be in this crowd of people, they heard about Jesus. There's some needy people in this group. 
There's people that, that, that need healing. There's individuals that need deliverance. There's individuals that need a breakthrough. There's marriages falling apart. There's kids that are dying. And in this group, this whole group of people, I guarantee you there were people that had a greater need than the woman with the issue of blood. But they were just happy to be part of the crowd. The needy, their focus is their problems. And they sit there and they hope that Jesus takes notice of them by looking sad. So you come to church and instead of worshiping, you just sit in the corner and just. And you're waiting for someone to walk over to you and say, are you okay? Are you all right? Yeah. You know. And they live their lives from pity, not promise. And we're looking for people to see what we're going through. And, and, and we're looking for someone to pat us on the back, to, to give us a little encouragement. And then the last group of people that we see are the promise seekers. Those are individuals that know who God are, who God is. And that's what Jairus was. He was like, man, I know you can heal my daughter. I know you can deliver her. So will you go to my house and will you lay hands on her? And, and Jesus was like, you know what? Out of this whole crowd, there's one person that knows who I am. And so he goes with them. And so on the way to deliver and to heal his daughter, something happens. An interruption takes place. Jesus' plan to heal this daughter is interrupted by a woman with an issue of blood. Look at verse 24. So Jesus went with him. we reading this. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. How many of you have ever had an issue that's gone on for a long time? Come on. Not, not all of our issues are blood. Some of y'all got bitterness issues, attitude issues, unforgiveness issues. We, we got some other issues too, but not every issue is a medical issue. Her issue was a blood issue. She was hemorrhaging. Now, in the Jewish community, when you had a discharge of blood, you were considered unclean. And you were not allowed to even be around other people because you didn't want to get other people sick or infected. So according to Jewish law, this lady was not even allowed to go to a place that would give her the hope of healing. But the Bible says that she heard. Somebody say heard. She heard. Why do you have to talk about Jesus? Why do you have to talk about your breakthroughs? Why do you have to testify about what God's done in your life? Why do you got to talk about, man, my body was sick and God healed me? Why do you need to talk about my marriage was falling apart and God restored us? Why do you talk about my kid was, was walking away from God, but God brought him back in? When you testify, someone's listening, and your testimony has the ability to impart faith to them, for faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Notice what happens here, okay? It's not her fault that she's in this condition, and her conditions led her to poverty. In pursuit of health, she's lost it all. She wants to get well. Now, her issue is blood, but not all issues are visible issues. Religion let her down because religion says you're not allowed even to come into this place. But she heard Jesus was coming by. 
And she decided to forget what was lawful, and she broke some rules. She entered into a crowd that she was not allowed to be in. And what blows me away is that the guy that's leading the procession, Jairus, is probably the one that kicked her out of the synagogue because of her condition. And they both have issues. He has a 12-year-old daughter that's dying. She has an issue that's been going on for 12 years. They both have problems. I want you to understand, I don't care who you are in this church this morning. Every one of us has issues. Every one of us has problems. I don't care if you're leading the church. I don't care if, you're, if you're never, you've been kicked out of the church. Every one of us has issues that we deal with. Stop acting so holy. Stop looking down on other people that are going through something. Because if you're not going through something today, trust me, baby, you're going to go through something tomorrow because we all go through something in life. I want you to see what happens here. After 12 years of putting up with this, she heard about Jesus. I want to go take you to the book of Matthews. Three, three different gospels point this out. Book of Matthew points something else out. It says, and suddenly... A woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came behind and touched the what? The what? The hem of his garment. And it says this, for she said to herself, if I may only touch his garment, I shall be made faint. Now, now we look at it as this. She was looking just to touch a thread. But if you don't know the word, you're going to miss out on the significance of what she was going after. She wasn't going after the thread. Every Jewish man, according to the word of God, the Old Testament, the hem had a certain meaning to it. Because in the Old Testament, the hem wasn't just the edge of the garment. To a Jewish man, God had given them direction in the Old Testament that every man was to have a tassel hang from his garment. And that tassel that hung from the garment was to represent the word of God. It was to represent the promises of God. It was to represent the Ten Commandments. It was to represent God's promises to them. So when she got into the crowd, she wasn't just trying to touch his clothes. She was literally reaching for the promises of God. Uh, you, you, you don't know what I'm talking about. Check, check this out. See, the hem is the fringe, the tassel, the border. Numbers chapter 15 puts it this way. Verse 37. Then the Lord said to Moses, give the following instruction to the people of Israel. That throughout generations, through what? Through what? That, that means it doesn't stop with one generation. Don't just give it to your kids. This is something that's perpetual. It should go on from generation to generation to generation. He says throughout the generations, you must make tassels for the, for the what? For the hem. I want something to hang off the hem of a garment of a man. And what was that for? With the blue cord. And when you see the tassels, you will, you will. 
You will remember all and obey all the commandments of the Lord instead of following your own desires, defiling feelings as you are and as none of you do. So what he's telling us is this, is that every man had a tassel on their clothing. And as a teacher, as a rabbi, Jesus would have had those tassels that represented the promises of God. When she reached out after Jesus, she wasn't reaching aimlessly. She targeted the promise. If I could just touch the promise, if I could just remember what God said. You see, many of us can't reach the promise because you don't even know the word. And until you know the promise, you don't know which one to hold on to. You don't know which one to reach out for. But when you know the word, it reminds you, remember, remember the promise God gave you. When you're going through marital struggle, remember God said what God has joined together, let no man separate. When you find yourself going through chaos in your mind, remember, he is my peace that surpasses all understanding. That no matter what you're going through, you have to have a promise to reach for. But we reach for counselors before we reach for the promise. Reach for a doctor before. Now, now, I'm not minimizing. We need those things and those people. But when's the last time you were so desperate for God that you just needed to touch his promise? To, 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 to get by the looky-loos, to push past the groupie, to get, get past the needy and just touch his garments. To touch the promise of God. I want you to see what this lady does. It goes on, it says this, that she reached for God's promise. She, she touches the hem of his garment. Now, everyone else was just happy to be part of, a, of an event. But there's one, just one, that just needed to touch him. When's the last time you were so desperate for God that you touched him? We normally come to church in a very passive mentality. Lord, touch me today. Lord, whatever you have for me, touch me. Whatever you want to do, God, let your will be done. When's the last time you pressed in? When's the last time you came to church with a mission? When's the last time you came in with a purpose? That you were, I'm going to touch, I, I, I'm not leaving here until I get my breakthrough. I'm not leaving until I touch God. I'm not leaving until I experience the promise. He says, yes, every promise is yes and amen through Christ Jesus. Then if that's the promise, then if you promise me healing, I want healing. If you promise me breakthrough, I want breakthrough. If you promise me peace, I want peace. Mark 29, Mark chapter 5, verse 29, she reaches for Jehovah Rapha the God that is my healer, the promise of God of healing. Mark 5, 29, says, immediately the blood, immediately the blood stopped. She could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Now, I, I am totally convinced that there were people in greater need than her but didn't have greater desperation. Amen. 
We get very passive in waiting for God to do something. And like the needy, we sit back and hope that God notices us and pities us. But God isn't moved by pity. God is moved by promise. If God was moved by pity, every person that was broke, every person that was sick, every person that was going through a difficult time would be taken care of. It would, they would be healed. They would be delivered. It would be if God moved by pity. But God's not moved by pity. He's moved by his promise. And when this lady touched the hem of his garment by faith, a transfer took place. Now, I need you to hear me. We're about to close right now, but I need you to hear me, okay? The moment she touches, she's healed, and Jesus literally stops. How big of a crowd was there? A large crowd. And so much so, people, if you've ever been in a crowd, ever leave the, left the stadium, you're, you're walking, you're bumping into people, you don't stop and ask, okay, who touched me? All right, who touched, so, someone touched me. And the disciples stopped Jesus and said, what do you mean, who touched you? Look around you. Everyone's pressing in around you, everyone. But Jesus knows the difference between an accidental brush and a purposeful touch. Someone touched him with purpose. Someone touched him with focus. And when they touched him by their faith, Jesus wasn't planning on healing them. I want to mess with your theology right now. It is always God's will to heal. Now, Jesus, the book of John refers to Jesus as the 1 John 1, 1. In the beginning was the, and the word was with God, and the word was, Jesus is known as the word. You want to know what God thinks, what the thoughts of God are? All you have to do is look at the life of Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment, the flesh of the thoughts of God. So we don't pray for the will of God. We pray from the will of God. Just by looking at Jesus. What did Jesus do to people that were sick? People that were blind. People that were deaf. In fact, every funeral Jesus went to, he raised the dead person. Take a look at the, every person. Even his own. There, there's not a funeral Jesus went to that he attended. He's walking by the widow whose son passes away. He touches him. He raises him from the dead. Shows up to Lazarus' funeral, calls him out. Every time Jesus showed up to a funeral, even his own, he raised that person from the dead. So how is it that we pray, God, if it's your will, heal them? Because we know through the word that God, Jehovah Rapha, is a healer. It's not, he's not good at healing. He is healing. And we got to start praying from a different aspect and start recognizing that it's God's will that healing take place. As long as someone has breath, we believe God to raise them up again. As long as someone has a pulse, we believe for healing. I don't care how much cancer they have. I don't care what the doctors have said. It is our faith. It's our belief. It's God's will that we pray and believe for God to raise them up. And even after they die, come on, somebody. 
to believe that God can still raise them up, if not physically here, then spiritually on the other side. Jesus realized, he says, who touched my robe? Who touched me? Verse, 30, verse 33 of Mark says, the woman, then the frightened woman trembled at the realization of what happened to her. And she came and she fell in front of him and told him what she had done. So she already, he already knew. And she, he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is, I want to release a prophetic word over you. Your suffering is over. No, no, you're, you're, you're not, you're, that's a great place to clap, but that's, I, I want to know whether you're clapping or do you believe that your suffering is over. That God is saying your suffering is done. That, that battle you've been going through, it's done. Why? Because you touched me. I didn't touch you. That desperation for the presence of God. That desperation for, to, to reach God. And you know what's so amazing is this? Is that she stopped God in her tr his tracks. She wasn't even supposed to be there. Some of you aren't even supposed to be here this morning. You don't know why you ended up here. But yet you're here right now. And you have an issue. But I want you to know that her desperation made God's presence available to her. Amen. Before this scripture in chapter 5, do we see ever any time someone healed by touching the hem? We ever seen that before? So where did she get the idea that if I touched the hem, I could be healed? Where does she even get that from? Just because it's never been done doesn't mean God can't do it. No, 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 no. L listen to me. This is, this is where it, get, it, gets, it gets gooder. Okay? Mark chapter 6, verse 56. This, this is where we bring it together. Okay? Check this out. She's already been healed. She's been restored. Now, I don't even know if she ended up back in Jairus' synagogue or not. But verse 56 of chapter 6, this is a chapter later, okay? Chapter 5 of Matthew of Mark is where she gets healed. Chapter 6, a whole chapter later, it says, wherever he went in the villages, cities, and countryside, they brought the sick to, out to the marketplaces, and they begged him, to at least let them touch the. Why? And all who. Head blown emoji. One woman broke the rules, was in a place she wasn't allowed to be, got a healing. And as a result of the healing, created a space for other people to receive healing in the same manner. 
that if you could get desperate for God, do you understand that your breakthrough opens up others to be healed as well? That when you get desperate for God, you can open up the floodgates for not just you, but future generations to be blessed as well. When's the last time we were desperate for God? Just another church service. My prayer last night and this morning was, God, I don't want another service. Then our worship plans fall apart. God says, you don't want another service? Then let me mess it up a little bit for you. let's, Let's throw this off a bit. I'm not looking to hype you this morning. But I am here to stir you. I want to stir your faith. I commend you for being in church this morning. But I don't want to be a looky-loo. I don't want to be a groupie. I don't even want to be the needy. I want to be a promise seeker. That a God, if you promised it, I want it. Lord, if you said it's mine, then I want it today. I want to seek God with purpose, but I want to seek God with wisdom as well. And that's what she did. She used the word of God. She knew the word of God. And she knew that the tassels was where the promises of God were remembered. And she said, if I could just touch the hem, I'll be healed. There was no biblical reference for that to ever take place. But she had faith, not in the hem, but she had faith in the promises of God. Do you trust what God said? Do you believe what God's word said? If God said it, do you believe what God is saying today for you, for the generations that are coming up after you? Do you believe God? Heads bowed and eyes closed just for a moment. Father, we pray right now for every person, every heart, every mind. People that are battling, my God, this morning with something that they've just settled. This is just the way it's going to be. Things are never going to get better. We're never going to be able to heal this. We're never going to be able to solve this. I'm never going to be. This is just the way my life is going to be. That's not God's promise for you. Stop settling. I came here to stir your faith this morning. I came to stir your faith and not put hope in Pastor Dan or CWC Bay Area or in an organization. I came to point you to Jesus. What have you given up on? In fact, some of you just recently said that's just the way it is. It's always going to be this way. I came to tell you this morning, give you hope. That's not the way it's going to be. That's not it. That's not God's plan for you. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for every person in this place. We all have issues, issues of bitterness, unforgiveness, our past, our failures, insecurities. But Lord, I pray right now that, Lord, that we know that if we can touch you, those issues can be resolved. I didn't say come to church. I said touch you. didn't say give. I said touch you. didn't say be involved in ministry, I said, touch you. If we could just touch you. 
you're here right now and maybe your walk with God is disconnected. Somehow along the way, you've gotten caught up in other things, but you've lost your relationship with God. If you're here right now, heads bowed, eyes closed, and you just simply say, Pastor Dan, I just just want to recommit my life to Christ right now. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to lift your hand high in the air. Ready? One. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. Two. Search your heart right now. Why run from God when all he's going to do is love you when he catches you? I see hands going up already. As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, just lift your hand high in the air. Ready? One, two, three. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you in the back. God bless you over here as well. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Secondly, I'm going to ask you this. You're here right now, and you have a need. You have something you're believing God for. You have something that you're trusting God for. Or something you gave up hope on. I came to tell you today that all you have to do is just reach for him. If that's you, you're desperate, you need God right now, right where you are, would you lift your hands as well? Yes, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Anyone else at all? Yes, God bless you. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor on the count of three. Every single hand that went up, first call or second call, I'm going to open these altars, and we want to pray with you. It's not important if we lay hands on you, but it is important that you touch God. Amen? It's not about a man. It's not about a church. It's about God. So I, as I count to three, I'm going to have you stand to your feet and come meet me here at this altar. Ready? One, two, three. Stand up and get out of your seats and come meet me here. Come on. Okay. God bless you as you come. whole lot more hands run up. Come on up. Don't, don't be afraid. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. I'm going to have the prayer team come join us up here as well. Bless your name, Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Father, we just honor your name right now, God. We glorify your name. The rest of you, would you stand and just stretch your hands forward to those that are here at the altar right now? But I have one more question. Maybe you're here right now. Lean to the person to your left or right and say, if you want to go up to the altar, I'll go up with you. Just in case someone else wants to come up and they're just a little uncomfortable, let them know that you don't have to go up by yourself. I'll go up with you. I'll walk up with you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else? Amen. God bless you as you come. Yes, yes. Father, right now in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you right now, God. Lord, you know. Lord, you know. You know, God. You know, Lord. I don't even have to tell you what I need, God. You know. But my desperation has to push beyond my comfort. What are people going to say if they see me in the crowd? What are people going to say, my God? Lord, right now, let us stop being so concerned about others' opinions and focus more in, my God, on reaching you. So, Lord, I pray right now, my God, for a desperation this morning. A desperation to touch heaven. Because, Lord, you were so desperate for us that you left the throne of heaven, God, to touch us. You left the glory of heaven, my God, to come down to where we are. And so, Lord, right now, 
Our desperation for you, my God, matches the desperation that you gave for us. So, we're, Lord, we're desperate for healing. We're desperate for breakthrough. We're desperate for freedom. So, Lord, right now, my God, we reach out to touch you. Come on, reach out and touch him. Don't be, don't be passive right now. She had to fight through the crowd. She had to push some people back. She had to move some people out of the way. There's going to be some people you might need to move out of the way right now. Some people that are getting in the way of the, your breakthrough. Lord, I pray right now, God, that, Lord, that we would touch you, that we would reach you. Father God, that we could reach out to you right now. Lord, we don't want to just go through the motions. We want freedom. We want breakthrough, God. We want your presence, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Lord God, we want you more than anything else. We want breakthrough. We want you, God. We want you, God, right now. Come on, church. Come on, press in. Press in right now. Press in right now. Right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, we just want more of you. Lord, we want to press past the crowd. We want to press past the crowd, God, and reach you. We want to go past the norm, God, and we want to touch you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, right now, God, Lord, we want more of you. Father, help us reach you. Lord God, let us push past people that are in the way right now, just to touch you, just to reach you. Lord, we're letting you know that we're desperate for your presence this morning. We're desperate for your presence. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you now the way that I am, with my sin and with my shortcomings. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross, rose again on the third day for me. So I receive now Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live a conquering life for you help me overcome in Jesus name amen and amen come on let's give God a shout of praise this morning Lord we bless your name amen thank you for downloading this message for more information on our church visit us at cwcbayarea.com you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.